Hello, and welcome to The Go-To for Entrepreneurs in the Know, Special Edition. My name is Paulina Cameron. I'm the CEO of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, a Canadian charity that energizes, educates, mentors, and connects women entrepreneurs to become wildly successful. I'll be your host for this special five-episode week-long program aimed at strengthening your and your business's resilience. I would like to acknowledge that the production of this podcast is taking place on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam nations. This special edition will take you on a resilience journey. You will learn, challenge yourself and your ideas, and you will be empowered to make real changes in your business today so that you will be better prepared as a leader to handle the challenges of tomorrow. We're going to dive into considerations and tangible tools that will equip you in feeling ready, strong, and resilient. To support you through this learning, we've also made a special workbook available for you to download, containing exercises and templates so that you can apply your learnings straight away. Visit resilience.fwe.ca for your free workbook and information on other support to help you along. The Go-To Special Edition is brought to you by the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs in collaboration with the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Support is also generously provided by the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. A huge thank you to our supporters for making this possible. This special edition of The Go-To focuses on resilience, that quality that allows people and organizations to move through adversity and into optimism. Whether a business is already online and needs to ramp up to face a challenge, or a business is going online for the first time, we will uncover the tools for businesses to make sure that their products and services get noticed, keep their customers and community engaged with tangible touch points, and grow their sales in a way that feels authentic to their values. Grab a glass of water and let's get into it. Before we continue, I am so excited to invite you to a just launched new digital space, the sharing platform hosted by FWE in partnership with the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. The sharing platform brings our community alive and closer together. It's a space for you to ask for what your business needs and to offer what you have to support others. This bilingual and national platform will allow you to connect with fellow entrepreneurs and supporters from across the country so that you can receive what you need to move your business forward and generously offer what you have back to the community. Visit our website, fwe.ca, to watch a quick how-to video and link to download it today. See you on there. A passionate individual, Nikki Thibodeau loves pairing up with entrepreneurs to help them grow their business. She's currently working as the Shopify local community manager, delivering free digital resources for entrepreneurs to level up. Her favorite things to talk about are your business, content marketing, and how dogs are the greatest gift of mankind, and I could not agree more with that. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so online. We all think our website and e-commerce platform is great and optimized, or maybe we don't. (laughs) And so in a challenging time or in a time where we're either, you know, going freshly new or we're taking time to really take stock and consider what we're doing, what can a business owner do to objectively evaluate their business so they can adapt to a new situation? 
This is a really good question and something that comes up quite a bit. And I think one keynote is that I truly don't think that business owners can objectively evaluate their own business. So <laughs> Fair point. It's pretty important to um, tap into either friends or family or in the best case scenario, tapping into your existing customers and just asking them for feedback about what they think. So um, when you're online, you really want to be able to, I know that a lot of people right now are changing from brick and mortar to an online uh, setup. And so a lot of things that you need to really remember are what are what is your unique value proposition? What sets you apart from your competitors? Because a lot of times in brick and mortar, you are able to give that experience to the customer in a very tangible way. But you see them pick your product up or interact yeah. with you as a person, smell it, respond with their face. <laughs> exactly. And so you're you're gonna really have to tap into your existing um, either client base or your friends and family to get them to to objectively evaluate their business, your business online. And have you can you share maybe an example of a way that you can specifically ask feedback from your audience in a way that you get what you are wanting to get back. I know sometimes there's that dilemma of, are they going to tell me what they actually think, or are they going to be able to tell me what is actually helpful? How, what's a, what's some advice you can give on that? Yeah. One of the best ways to do this is to record yourself going through the process if possible. So, or, mm. or list out a step-by-step. -step. So you say, you know, add something to your card. Um, do you like the, the product page? When you add it to your cart, do you like how it pops out? Because there's so many different types of ways it can pop out. Either it just goes into your cart and you keep shopping, or it pops into the cart page. So mm. these are these are all things you're gonna want to take a look at. And then um, just ask that for them step by step. So either record yourself doing it so that they don't have to go through the process, or just list out very clear, this is what I'd like you to do, and then to tell me your feedback on that. Mm -hmm. That's so great. So tangible. So can you tell me, are there any strategies that you or Shopify that you're seeing clients right now apply to drive growth during uncertain or changing times? Maybe you could give us example for a product or service. Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned, a lot of people are taking their businesses from a brick and mortar to online right now. And my favorite one is like a local business. They're called The Root Seller. And um, they are a grocery store. They're kind of like a farmer's market stand, but like as a store. And the thing that I've really appreciated from them that I've I've kind of told a, a lot of other people down the line is um, they've been really, really clear about what changed between the experience you had prior to COVID and then the experience you're going to have when they come to your store, when you come to their store now. So they've been sending out email newsletters with pictures of what is different in the store. And then, um, but if you don't have a brick and mortar now and you're just, it's the change is that they're coming to an online, tell the, your customer the ways that, um, it's going to be the same because it's going to be completely different. But in this case, it's like, we've taken this element of our online store and we've translated it in this way or of our, of our brick and mortar, we've translated it into this way on our online store. So just being very clear for your customers. I love that because the clarity helps put someone at ease and understand what they will go through. And we, 
we used to be so comfortable with the process. And as you said, the process is now new, but a lot of the values are similar behind it. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So we also know that, you know, lots of folks, and we're recording this during the time of COVID, we know that they're going online now, perhaps for the first time, but we also know that online sales aren't going to go away in the future, no matter what is happening around us. So instead of just reacting to the immediate how can business owners set themselves up for success in the long run and create some really sustainable best practices? I think that that's the question itself is, I don't think is something that people are considering that mm. online stores aren't going away once we come back into con- congregation with each other. So what I would suggest is to make your plans as if this is going to be a continuation of your business for the long haul. So when you are setting up your online store, Um, say you have like 14,000 SKUs, you don't want to be bringing on all 14,000 now. You'll be thinking about it in a way where it's like, okay, I need um, to, this is the next season we're going to be in. And so Mm -hmm. I need to get these 500 SKUs up right now because I know those are what what my customers would be shopping for. So I know that... Going online is really overwhelming because you have to relearn a tool or, or learn a tool and you have to figure out a whole new process for your customers to shop online. But the biggest thing uh, to remember is that um, you, you're, you are building the first initial phase for today, but you're able to, it's a continuous process and it won't ever not be like as for as it goes for a, a service-based business. What I would do is continuously create new content, um, like a blog page, because what that does is it sets you up for SEO, which is search engine optimization. So make sure, making sure that you have that as a um, as something that you've got into what you're supposed to be doing for your online store. So as companies are building out their e-commerce platforms, or perhaps it's more the service-based website with the blog, those pieces, what are some ways that you've seen entrepreneurs help themselves stand out really effectively? Yeah, in this, there's no one-size-fits-all answer. Mm. But um, as far as it goes for like a good example, there's a wonderful um, website called Hornby Organics, mm. and they make um, little bars And so if you were to look at the bar and photograph the bar itself, um, it's, it looks not appetizing at all, (laughs) Um, which is a difficult thing when you're selling a product that maybe doesn't appeal. So they hired a company to do these cute little gifts of the product being opened out of, because they have really amazing packaging. And Mm. so um, just being really, that way they're standing out because their competitors have um pictures of their bars which i don't know if you've seen like a a cliff bar or that type of thing (laughs) out of a package they don't look so great (laughs) no (laughs) and so one that's one way to really stand out i think right now um everyone's in this time of like cognitive overload Mm. and so the more uh you can make yourself really emotionally connected to your customer so Mm. um that I know is on everyone's mind is like, is it okay to sell during this time? Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing about creating content online is you kind of want to have this 80, 20 rule where 80% of it, it doesn't have to do with your product or service. It has to do with what your target audience likes Mm -hmm. outside of your product. And so Mm -hmm. um, 80, 20, that's a high number. 
Yeah. Yep. And Mm -hmm. it's because what you're doing is you're effectively creating a relationship with your customer. So -hmm. you want to make sure that you're, um, you're connecting with them on an emotional level. Because for example, if like a friend came up to you and was asking you for something every time they saw you, you would ignore that phone call eventually. (laughs) But Selective screening for sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But if they came up to you and they talked to you about things that really mattered to you, and then Mm. only 20% of the time asked you for something, then you're way more likely to be engaged with that friend. So it's the same thing with your customers. Nikki, I love that because you, I've never, I will confess, I've never thought of it as that, like what it would be like as an interaction between two people, which it is if we're trying to say that the whole goal is to not be transactional, but as entrepreneurs, as business owners is to build quote unquote community. What does that mean? It means you have to be in relation with one another. And so being able to just be clear and consistent like if you if you use those two things as a way to run mm-hmm. your life like and run your business for your customers just because that way right now with all of this cognitive overload it is so much easier to digest content that is clear and consistent so true so true and i as a as a customer i really appreciate that and you know if there's if there's something that goes wrong or not i am so understanding of that when that piece of clarity and consistency and just the communication happens 100% so tactically are there any common e-commerce mistakes or pitfalls or things that maybe make you cringe that you see often yeah <laughs> let me try to be clear and concise here um so there's a, there's a bunch, but I think the biggest ones that um, I hear often are that you launched without having someone go through the back end of your site. So for example, if you're on Shopify, before you launch, calling into our customer success gurus and just asking them to have one click glance um, would be a really good thing to do. Um, mostly because things like uh, setting up shipping and um, just the entire flow. So doing a test order is really, really important. Just like when you're doing an email marketing newsletter, you never send it out before you send yourself a test. Same thing with this. Another thing is um, not testing out all the links on your website. Mm. So thinking Mm. that- I hate when that happens when a hyperlink breaks. (laughs) Exactly. And thinking like when your customer comes to your page, um, what- what comes up above the fold? So when it first loads, um, just being really cognizant of what that looks like, especially on mobile. A lot of people Mm, forget to design for both mobile and desktop. So those would probably be my main ones is just like having someone go through the back end, um, doing a test order yourself. And then um, the huge one is probably mostly that mobile experience. And is there a tool within Shopify that you think every retailer should be using? Yeah. So this question, um, I think, would change depending on your business. But I think one thing that um, you can't go wrong with is the product reviews app. That's just something that we've built that you can add in. It's totally optional, but it gives your um, customers a chance to review a product. And um, 95% of people they check reviews before they they buy a product. Mm-hmm. So even if there's just one person saying this was lovely and I would totally buy it again, it's better than having none. Mm. Um, I'm, cur- 
I'm curious your thoughts on that because I've observed just in myself, I sometimes will look at who or what type of person is leaving the review to see if it's someone that I either find relatable or for some reason, something about who they are makes me think, oh yeah, I trust their review more than someone else's. I'm curious if you've seen that observed, if you've also, sorry, if you've also observed that or, and how business owners can integrate that if it is indeed something valuable. I think about trust there, right? A hundred percent. One of the things that I love about reviews, um, so I get the, the question all the time about whether or not when you're first starting out and you don't have reviews, if you should put fake reviews in. Oh yeah. Heck no. <laughs> like <laughs> the biggest no that I could give you is I'm giving that to you now. No. Um, the best review. That was clear. Yeah. That was clear. <laughs> Good. Um, the biggest, the best reviews come from real people. And I think that there is something to be said about, um, you know, how we all like take a look at what the reviews say and then try to discern whether or not that person is a similar person to us. But I think as a business owner, that's one level more than you need to be thinking about. What you really want to do is just collect real testimonials or real reviews of your product or service. And then what you could do if you wanted a little extra layer is you could ask someone to record like a video testimonial. Those are really great for service-based websites um, because there's not as much of a tangible thing to think about um, with a service over a product. And so, yeah, I think that it's the first layer would just be collect them, but don't worry too much, especially if they're real. Don't worry too, too much about whether they're going to land with your potential customer. Okay, Nikki, this is all so good. One last question I have for you today. What does living with the resilient mindset mean for you and how do you actively foster it for yourself? Big questions. Um, yeah, so be having a resilient mindset to me means um, understanding that there's always a way through. So when presented with a struggle or a challenge, that no matter how you feel up front, that you, you understand there's always going to be a way through. But the best people that I would call resilient are the ones who think of themselves first. The, the people who are the most resilient are those who understand a problem, take time to mourn or grieve what, um, what that obstacle like took away from them, and then push through. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Nikki, for sharing that, for joining us today to dive into all things e-commerce with clarity and consistency. And I will forever now think about that 80-20 content like a conversation with a friend. For those who want to learn more from you and follow you, where can they find you online? Yep. So you can visit shopifyvictoria.com because I am out of Victoria, British Columbia, and then everywhere online as Nikki and then the number is 2987. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. The Scotiabank Women Initiative is thrilled to be teaming up again with FWE and sponsoring the special edition of The Go-To. The Scotiabank Women Initiative is a program created to support women entrepreneurs through all the stages of their business. One way we're doing this is by providing education through our online knowledge centre. Here, you'll find several learning aids 
tools and resources that women can complete or share to help their businesses move in the right direction. You'll also find a robust research study where we surveyed 1,000 small business owners about their financial knowledge and financial confidence. Haven't yet heard season one of The Go-To? Check out all 13 episodes on popular business-related topics ranging from budgeting to branding and more. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, then find us at scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Katie Gallagher is the founder of Tight Club Athletics, a warm, welcoming, and inclusive functional fitness studio that celebrates diversity and encourages loving relationships with fitness and each other. Founded in 2012, Katie's mission was to carve out a brave and protected place for people not typically included in the fitness industry and has been changing the way people feel about movement ever since. Her one location dubbed the Field House due to its close proximity to the field she started coaching on and to her deep roots in track and field is located on Union Street in Vancouver and has recently launched a live stream platform with accessible pricing to continue to support her community through interactive movement. Welcome, Katie. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Uh, Thank you, Paulina. Thank you for having me. Um, Super stoked to be talking with you. It's been a while. Katie, you have built out such an incredible business at Tight Club, and this business is location-based or was location-based. When COVID hit and you faced having to close your physical location, what were your first thoughts? Did you jump right into problem-solving mode and know that moving into online classes was the way to go? Or how did you think about it? Walk us through that thought process and how you thought about it and where you are now. Yeah. Oh, it was a process. Um, There was kind of two parts to it. Um, Before the city of Vancouver um, operator asked basically all fitness studios to close. Um, I was really grappling with um, the idea of closing before Um, a pal of mine, Aaron DeJong from movement 108. He actually closed on the Friday, which is like, I think the 12th or the 13th. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's, that's so ballsy but so Mm -hmm. right and Mm I um I was really I didn't want to be part of following a wave to close Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I was closing for my own reasons and so before even thinking about um moving to an online platform I really wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision for my team and for my community. And so on that, on that day, the the Sunday, um, before everything kind of closed down on the Monday, um, I made one of the hardest decisions of my life to close down the studio and do it in a, in, in a way that I felt like I was one of the first, which was even scarier because who knows? I, I had heard of places um, in the U.S. closing early and then other studios being like 
emailing those clients saying, Hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, we're still open. And so I just, I, right. there was so many things going on in my head, but I knew that, um, it was just going to be the right first off, make the right choice to close down. And the moment that that happened and I, and I sat down with my team and everyone, I had everyone's support. Um, I then immediately switched into how do we make sure that our community stays connected throughout this? Because if we're all being asked to stay at home and stay shuttered, um, we're all going to kind of go crazy. And I think due to the kind of internet or interactive nature that Tightland has already, um, I felt really blessed that there was already opportunities out there or platforms out there that we could actually keep staying connected. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I think in California, um, the cases were much higher at the time than us. So I, um, there's, there's a studio that I follow called, uh, everybody. And they're an amazing radical, radically inclusive studio that I, um, am super inspired by they had actually already started doing zoom classes. And when Mm -hmm. I saw that they were able to do zoom classes, no, I had seen this kind of the week prior to closing. I'd already had it in the back of my mind that like, eventually that's probably what we're going to do. So Mm -hmm. come Monday morning, I woke up crack of dawn and all of a sudden my job that had originally been, you know, trainer, team manager, you know, kind of more creative athletic side of things with tight club was now like I am a technical the the new tight club technical engineer and <laughs> I had to learn zoom and I had to learn all these programs on how to integrate zoom how does integrate or how does zoom integrate with my body and so I, I spent an entire week kind of in my own little bubble working out all the tech stuff meanwhile um, hiding from my accountant because I'm like, <laughs> I don't really care what you say right now because I want to make sure that my team is being supported because at this point there was no support mm-hmm. for contractors. So it was really, mm-hmm. um, okay, well, how can we, how do we integrate with zoom? And then how do I keep my team happy? And it was mega blinders. It was just like heads down, don't get emotional or I can't get emotional and, and ride off of this adrenaline that had been (laughs) injected in 200 places in my body. So pure adrenaline during that first phase to get us up and running. Mm -hmm. I just knew that zoom was going to be the place where we were going to be hanging out on for a while. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it struck me when you talked about, putting those blinders on and focusing on what mattered, which was one, how do you move your business online effectively and in an engaging matter and in a way that still upholds the principles that are important for your business generally, which is all around community and accessibility and those values. And then secondly, supporting your people. When you were thinking about this, like, how did you think, did you think about the long-term or were you in the immediate, this is what we need to do. I'll think about the future later on. I think I was thinking, 
pretty sure that I was just thinking short term because none of us thought that we'd be here for longer than a couple weeks. Because wasn't that what they were saying? They're saying mandated two week closure. So we're all like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, how do we keep this going for two weeks? How do we keep people engaging and interacting and, and, and empowered? Um, So yeah, it really was just looking ahead by two weeks. And then once all the, you know, real lockdown started happening, um, the uh, thought process went from, uh oh, uh, how do we keep our users engaged and make sure that, you know, this new platform that we're living in essentially, because not only are we moving our bodies through Zoom, but are we're also communicating with our loved ones, we're also working through it. Um, how do we keep people engaged in what we're trying to do as a business when? You know, there's a really high burnout rate that we're facing. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, later on in the process, maybe two or three weeks in, we started to see those numbers start to decline. And it actually gave us a really good, it was a great opportunity for us to sit back and think, how can we make this uh, an even better and even tighter experience? Mm. And, you know, mm. every week that we hit, it's we're faced with the new challenge of like, Hey, well, we can't get comfortable here. We're not there yet. It's it's we're constantly having to grow and uh, figure out more interesting, <laughs> engaging ways to keep people going because we're just still not used to this, and we're mm-hmm. still in a weird limbo where we don't know if we'll be able to slowly go back to work next week. We don't know if we'll be here for another two months. I I just. Mm-hmm. I keep on having this conversation about like where this new normal hasn't gotten normal yet. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're still operating in this uncertain sense. And we're just, at least for me, it's so hard to see the future when the present is, is it just feels like, you know, the first two steps when you step into a hot bathtub and your feet start to burn and you're just like, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better, but it still hurts so much. That's what it's like right now for me. That is the perfect analogy. And because too, that hot water, the boiling, that pressure, that pressure um, bubble, I mean, that's kind of what you've been under and you've had to, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, step into leadership during that time for your business, for your team. What do you think has prepared you for today to be able to step into that creativity, the grit, the leadership, as opposed to, you know, fully hiding in the sand and putting full on blighters on or giving up or just not wanting to? That's such a good question. Um, I think the first thing I want to touch on is just that we've done this before um, in other Mm. ways Uh, as a small business owner and being the sole owner. um, This reminds me of what I had to go through when I first opened my studio and I had to do everything by myself and well, to an extent, not everything by myself, but I had, I was the one making 
all of the decisions and coming up with Mm. all of the processes. So that's what my life is like now. Nothing that we're doing is normal and Mm -hmm. or anything that we've done before. And, you know, it's been five years since we are almost five years since we've opened and we got, I I'll say this now, we got a little bit comfortable in the processes and the systems that we created. And I feel like, um, I feel actually really empowered to be able to be in that place of decision-making again, because, uh, I don't know, it's exciting. And it makes me, I guess, feel like an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to the basics. Yeah, getting back to the basics. And then really, um, so that's one thing is that that's what's helped prepare me is that I've kind of done this before in a way. Um, Also, I now have a team and a community that not only supports me and gives me the energy to do the best that we can, but uh, it goes both ways. And I need to be there so that they have a job and a place to work when this is all over. And I have a community that needs a place to move um, when this is all over. And I actually really love that challenge. And I love having that opportunity. Um, It's definitely lit a fire under my butt. Um, Mm. It's hot. It's very hot. (laughs) Um, And then also, I really do believe in what we do. And Mm. this was something that I didn't, and it was, I don't know, an actual moneymaker. Maybe there's other opportunities elsewhere. And I could use Mm. this time to hide and to, or hibernate. But it's not that time for us. And it's a time to test these roots. As you thought about how you would create community online or how do you, how you would, sorry, translate your in-person community into an online community beyond, you know, here's a class you can take, come in, leave. What are some things that you thought about? What worked? What maybe didn't work? Walk us through that. That's what made it actually so easy to choose Zoom and for us to take what we do and who we and how we do it from an in-studio interactive way on into a digital format because um, of a few kind of key pieces of what I think makes Type Club, um, I guess, unique in who we are, is we always start a check-in question or start the classes with check-in questions, which Zoom lets us do that. There's a chat box. So we're able to take some really familiar, I guess, yeah, consistent brand elements of how we do things in studio. And we're still able to do them in in digital. So we have our check-in question, which um, we still obviously do. And everyone contributes in the chat box. Um, the coaches, and the one of the reasons why we've cho- chosen to operate on Zoom is because there's that two-way interactive street, whereas on Instagram, there's not. Um, Mm. And so as movement coaches, we're actually able to coach. When people keep their videos on, you know, we can cheer them on the best we can. We can say their name. Um, We can help with um, modifying form if need be. And I just think that there's so much more of a human experience 
um, doing it this way. And uh, I always, oftentimes when I introduce my classes, like in real life, I use, I guess the saying, or I like to say that we're here. The reason why I'm doing this is because I want to make fitness a more human experience. And I think that we're doing the best we can with the technology we have at hand. Um, So there's that. And then that's kind of the during class phase. And then after class, we have our instructors following up um, with every instructor, with every client. We share the link to the video. So if, I don't know, Mm. your baby was crying and you had to leave or you had to take a call, you can always come back to the workout. We always supply the link to the playlist and then we kind of start a conversation around like the meaning behind that workout and how it can relate and help you do things that you like to do better outside so we're really trying our best to keep the communication and interactions alive um and it's i would say that our community is actually stronger than ever because Mm. it's dealing with COVID is something that we can all relate to whether we have Mm. a job or not. And Mm -hmm. that one piece of connection is, has started so many more conversations and, and connections and opportunities than I've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. I have found too, that it, it gets to the real conversation. It helps you get to the real conversations more quickly and you kind of cut through the superficial the superficial points because what what point is there to talk about outside of the stuff that actually really matters right now right yeah yeah I'd say that I've had the most vulnerable conversations with all types of people in my life from my male person to my landlord to my mom to my boyfriend to my boyfriend Mm -hmm. I love when you were talking about the online piece how you thought through what are the core tenets of how we activate when we are together. So the check-in, the commenting on alignment or posture or cheering on, and you really thought about then how to still keep those core tenants and just bring them to life in a different way. And from a user experience, from the customer experience, having those um, those tangible touch points that are still the same and having elements of that experience that are still the same are so comforting. Mm-hmm. Yes, touch point, good word. We do have, it's like, yeah, I, I just sit back and think, what is our touch point strategy here? And how do we make mm. sure that this still feels like tight club? Cause tight club feels very, there's a, there's a way tight club feels. And I would hate for it to be lost during this time because mm-hmm. that is our core competency mm-hmm. is to be seen as to, or to give an experience where you're seen and heard and held. Um, and when I, I believe that you're in a place where you're able to be seen and, and feel protected, that your body will allow you to move in ways you, you never knew you could and feel afterwards or, and feel so positive afterwards. So, um, yeah, the touch point, the touch point strategy is very, very important. I love it. And, you know, it's easier to do when you are in person and simply now is an opportunity to rethink that and to evaluate it and to almost memorialize it, right? And say, this is how we bring that philosophy, those filters, those values actually to life. Mm -hmm. It's such a good test. 
it's such a good mm. test as a business owner and someone who's into brand characteristics. It's like, how do we make sure that, yeah, we stay talking the talk, walking the walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay consistent. So Katie, one last question for you today, and that is, what does having a resilient mindset mean for you and how do you actively foster it for yourself? This is such a good question um, because uh, as much as I um, stand for active and healthy lifestyles and not that I don't, I, I move regularly, I stretch regularly, I take time to breathe. I think back, uh, I struggle. I really am struggling with this. Um, like I said, there, I, I kind of put my head down and put the blinders on and I was really energized and inspired and driven and motivated and worked every single, literally every single day from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep out of fear of losing something. And, um, I think that that adrenaline is starting to wear out because it's natural Mm. supposed to wear Mm -hmm. out. And what's cool, I guess, is that it is showing that I am human and that I am, Mm -hmm. um, I think resilience is a way to measure uh, there being like a dynamic, like up and down I don't know, a measure of energy or thought process or whatever, but it's showing me that I can't go on like this forever. And it's showing Mm. me that I am human and that, wait a second, even though I am a leader, I am a, uh, I guess I am the boss here. The boss does need to rest. And Mm. it's uh, that, that message is knocking on my door door really hard. And I guess Mm -hmm. you could say that I'm, I'm listening. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's a really key part of being resilient is listening to what your body's saying. And right now it's saying, KG, you need to chill and you need to have a good night's sleep and maybe not, you know, keep that computer on past six o'clock and maybe take a weekend. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not thriving right now, and I'm not going to say mm. I am, but I am listening, and I'm mm. and I'm I'm hearing things. The marathon, not the sprint. Yeah, right? it's totally a marathon, and it's. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Oh man! Thank you, thank you, Katie, for joining us today. For those that want to learn more from you and follow you and take some tight club classes where can they find you online yeah um so if you head over to our website tightclubathletics.com um we host all of our classes through zoom but you can sign up for them on our regular website through mind body um we host three to five classes a day and if you can't make it, we'll send you the link so you can do it any time that works for you. And they're all full body, apartment friendly, but also still spicy if you want. And um, 
and fun and friendly functional movement sessions. So good for all people, I'd say. Yeah. Thank you for being open and honest and for doing the work that you are doing to support your community, but also support the broader community and being able to still access this amazing, um, amazing place that you've connected the amazing created and the, the movement too. Like it's the, it's the physical movement that you're providing, but it's the way people engage and how they feel when they go through it. So thank you for doing that and for being such a phenomenal local, uh, local leader. Thank you for providing this platform for me to share my story, Kalina. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikki and Katie, for joining us today. Share your own experiences or ask questions. Tweet or tag us at FWE Canada. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe so that you'll always be in the know. All of this program's episodes are available at fwe.ca slash the go-to. And don't forget to download your free workbook at resilience.fwe.ca. Get exercises and more so that you can apply your learnings to your business today. The GoTo Special Edition is brought to you by the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs in collaboration with the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Support is also generously provided by the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. A huge thanks to both of them. Thank you also to our incredible production team, Self-Hired Media and Hubbingbird Translations, both of whom make it possible for us to bring you this podcast in English and in French. Until next time, stay ready, resilient, and strong.